what's going on? Hello. Oh, that was a creepy look up. Did you see that? Hello, up there. Oh, sorry. Y'all doing good tonight? Yeah? Y'all doing good tonight? Oh, yeah? All right, sweet. Way to wake up. All right, cool. Hey, listen, I got good news and I got bad news. What you want to hear first? Good news it is. Everybody said bad, but I'm going to go good. It won't work this way. Good news is, yes, we got our after party and we're still going to hear the word of God tonight. Yes! The bad news is you got to hear it from me, suckers. <laughs> we lured you in with chocolate. Now you're stuck listening to me. You know, just, it's just what we do around here. But hey, listen, before we do anything, I just want to do one thing real fast. Let's give it up for Pastor Clay. What a guy. What a guy. Love that dude. Can't believe. He may have bad judgment if he's letting me have a microphone here, but I do love him. Um, and it's such an honor to stand here before you. And I just want to tell you guys this. Um, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. When I, when I say this, but it means a lot that you guys would even trust me to share this platform um, here tonight with you and, and weeks before and probably not after this because I'll probably say a bad word or something. But anyway, um, but like it really does mean the world to me that you would accept me and tell me you love me and um, be able to share this platform. And it, it really means a lot to me. So thank you, Sub30. Clap for yourself. It's okay to be selfish. Just don't tell your parents I said that. All right. Cool. Come on, you guys excited tonight? Because I am. There's an after party. Uh, I think there's Oreos and there's ice cream and there's cookies and there's Krispy Kreme. I know, right? If we keep the theme going, we might set up some couches in the foyer, watch Gilmore Girls, and talk about our feelings. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to be weird. I think that's my second Gilmore Girls joke at 730, so never said one before in my life. Anyway, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about tonight. I'm actually going to be sharing with you one of my personal favorite narrative stories of the gospel of all time, and you're going to judge me when I tell you what it is, but you just got to trust me, okay? Here's the story. Tonight, we're going to talk about Mark chapter 5, the story of the demon-possessed man. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're like, that dude's a freak. He likes demons. What's the deal? No, 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 It's rich. You just got to trust me, okay? You promise? Just follow me. Don't fall asleep or text your friend. I mean, you can do that just to tell them not fall asleep, whatever it's going to be. But just pay attention because it's just trust me. It's going to be fun. Now, in all of that, um, I figured, you know, since it was Halloween, we're talking about the demon-possessed man. You got to look at this scary face for the next 24 minutes. Um, it, to me, it, it feels like it was pretty appropriate to title tonight's message and theme sub 30 with cool letters, paranormal activity, right? Yeah, creepy. Creepy, really creepy. Okay, sweet. But I'm really excited. Um, tonight's gonna be really cool. So, um, but what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do kind of this role reversal on you. It's gonna be weird, right? Because I'm talking about the demon possessed man. So you think when I say paranormal activity, I'm talking about the demon possessed man. But I'm gonna flip the script on you just a little bit, and I'm gonna make the argument that perhaps maybe the only paranormal thing, that word just means apart from the normal, right? Maybe like maybe this demon-possessed man is not the only paranormal thing happening in the story. Maybe perhaps there's some paranormal activity going on in the village in which he came from. Ooh, scandalous, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, right? God, we love you, and um, Jesus, we're just so thankful for who you are, and God, I just pray tonight, um, God, that you um, speak through me, God, that these aren't my words, but these are yours, and God, that you just give us, um, God, just a clear picture as to what healing truly is, God, and as to um, your heart towards healing, God, your heart towards us, and how you desire for us to live a whole and fulfilling life. God, we just love you so much, and it's in your son's holy and precious name that we play, amen, I said play and not pray, whoopsie daisies. Okay, so... 
Um, let me set the scene for you about what's going on here, and then we'll, we'll move forward with reading the word of the Lord. So, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so Jesus and his gang of paranormal investigators, right? That's what I'm going to call them for the rest of this thing. They're the disciples. Anyway, so they jump in a boat, and they're going across the Sea of Galilee, right? And they, they hit the eastern shore, and they land in this region known as the Gerasenes or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced that way, but I don't know. I'm not that smart. So they get there. And turns out this village that they found themselves in has got like a, a little bit of a problem. And that little bit of a problem is there's a man who's possessed by a demon. What? And so these jokers are like, I don't know what to do with this guy. What do we do? I mean, do we punch him? Do we hit him with a hammer? I don't know. what. How do you get a demon out? What do you do? Do you know? I don't know. What do we do? So they did what any rational group of human beings would do. And they tied him to a rock at the top of a hill. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. That's what I used to do my little sister who's out there somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so they tied this guy to a rock. That, and like this dude, you got to understand, this guy's like wreaking havoc in all of the city, okay? He's coming down. He's like terrorizing people. He's like screaming down this mountain, taking people right in the face. Who knows? He says that he's cutting himself. He's just wreaking havoc in this village. So they tie him to a rock. He ends up freeing himself. But luckily, he's kind of hanging out up there around this hill. And this village is like, okay, he's up there now. We're good. Right? And so that's kind of where we pick up this here story right here in Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start reading to you in verse 6. It says this, When he saw Jesus, he being the demon-possessed man, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me? Because that's what I imagine demons sound like. No fear. All right. <laughs> what do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Check this out. This is where it gets good. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, because this seems like a good idea, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pig. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So basically, he pushed these demons into this massive herd of pigs and pushed them off a cliff which is why my first point is that Jesus would prefer you not to eat pork, but instead cliff bars, right? <laughs> Let that one sit for a minute. All right, those saying the pigs ran off and reported this in the town in the countryside, and the people went out to see what it, I can't believe I just made that joke, sorry. Anyway, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind. Homeboy has been healed, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened about the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. So now the Savior has come in and saved the day, and they're like, yeah, it's time to go. You've ruined our business. So they chose business over the Savior. Whole another message, but we'll go there later. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, this is very important. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. And the Lord said, amen. All right, so... I don't know what that was. Anyway, um, so here's the deal. This is what I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand. As this village, 
they had some stuff going on, okay? You know, it seems like this story is very aimed towards a demon-possessed man, and it is, but I want to flip the script and look at it from the perspective of the village. Now, two very important things happening in this story. One you probably see, one you probably don't. First thing is this, like we talked about before, they had this problem arise in the city, right? And it was this demon-possessed man. They didn't know what to do. How do we get rid of this guy? I don't know do How do we heal him? How do we make this better? I don't know what to do. So let's time to a rock at the top of a hill. Let's make sure that works. Yeah, uh, but see, here's the problem with that, is like, just tying the demon-possessed man to a rock down the street is not really going to fix anything, right? It's kind of hard to move on from that. I mean, imagine, like, all those people in the village tucking their kids in at night, right? And they're like, I love you so much. Hope you don't get murdered by the demon down the street, you know? Like, homeboy comes screaming down the hill every once in a while and just wreaks havoc among the people. Probably takes kids with him. I'm making stuff up now. But he probably takes kids with him. I don't know what he's doing. Hide your kids, hide your wives. There's a demon on the street. You know? Jeez. That takes out, I feel like I'm talking really fast. That's okay. There's a lot to talk about, not much time. Anyway. But he's taking them, and, he, and, he, and he's coming in. I mean, you got to understand, like, that plays a toll on your, like, psychology. You know what I mean? Like, always living in fear that there's a demon down the street coming to get you. You know, it doesn't quite fix the problem. Pretty tough to move on from that. It actually takes up some space in your mind. I, I, uh, I actually just... Um, we just moved into a brand new house about a month ago. And so now that I live in the woods and have a beard, I was like, I should build something. So um, I built a table, and, which is nice. And um, here's the deal. It's like when I was building it, there was one screw. There's always one screw. That'll preach too. Anyway, but there's always one screw. And I stripped it when it was halfway in. So there was no getting it out and there was no getting it in. And I was like, well, there's only one way to handle this. Hit it with a hammer. So I hit it with a hammer built it, like, like bent it sideways, it went into the wood, covered it with glue, and then painted the glue. Yeah, see? That's brilliance, Liz. Anyway, so, but, but here's the deal. It's like, now when I look at that table, everybody else is like, oh, it's so beautiful, I love it. But me, I'm like, that screw is still in that table. So I'm never, you know what I mean? It plays a role in my psychology. I can't even handle it anymore. Cause I'm like, There's, we need to get rid of the table because of the one screw that no one can see, okay? I can't handle it anymore. It's the same kind of concept, right? Now here's the other thing that's happening in the village. They're dealing with this demon possessed man, but something else interesting is happening here. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But see, this region of the Gerasenes, this village that they landed in, it's probably filled with one of two types of people. Number one, Gentiles. Gentiles is a big word that just means non-believers, okay, all right? So it's either got Gentiles or it's got like non-practicing Jews, right, people of the Jewish culture. Now, what's important to understand is despite who's living there, they're still ingrained and like centered right within this area of the world that is very predominantly Jewish culture, right? It's kind of like having a Chinese restaurant in the middle of Julington Creek. You know what I mean? Like, there's a Chinese restaurant with Chinese food, but they're surrounded by white people. So, like, they're going to need to... Sorry if you're from Julington Creek, but you're white. I mean, let's be honest. Anyway, so... It's okay. I just moved there, sort of, down the street, because I'm not that white. I'm tan. Anyway, so... Um, but in the deal, like, so like they're not, they're not gonna be able to serve people tiger. They're not gonna be able to serve people tiger because like white people don't eat tigers, or at least not that I know of. You know what I'm saying? Like they got to adapt to the culture, right? So here's what's happening is this region of the Gerasenes is located in this massive amount of Jewish culture. Now, if you know anything about Jewish culture, you'll know this, that the Pentateuch, the law of the Jewish people teach them this, that pigs are unclean and not to be eaten, Right? 
So it begs the question, what are those jokers doing raising pigs in a culture that where pigs are unclean? What's that? What? Right? Here's why. You know, the world is very, very good at capitalizing on the things of the flesh. You know, think about it. That's very true in things like pornography, things like drugs, things like weapons, things like all of these things that create disaster or uh, just ruin homes or ruin friendships or like the world is just really good at making money, at capitalizing on things of the flesh. And that's exactly what this village has gotten themselves into. It may not be immoral for them. However, it's immoral for the people taking a part of the business that they're building an ecosystem on. You following me? So they are actually capitalizing on people's sin. So something very unclean, something very not natural was happening already within the village in combo with the fact that there's this demon living down the street tied to a rock, right? Where, by the way, they didn't have guns back then. So if a demon, anyway, so just saying. So, um, so in all of that, like this, this village has got some problems, right? Clearly, clearly the village has got some problems. So it's a demon possessed man, but the village has got some issues now. What's very important to recognize is that the village is actually a very, very good representation of, of humans, right? Of, of human nature. It's a very good representation, really, of the decline of human morality. Okay, here's what I mean by that. Think about it, right? Uh, getting involved in all of this uncleanness. The Bible says that we're born into sin. We're born into things that are unclean. That's what we do, right? And so we walk into it, and that's why we need Jesus. But we walk, and so this village is encapsulated and makes money and makes a livelihood on things of the flesh. It's what bling, brings them pleasure, right? And so in a lot of ways, that's where humankind, as this massive just animal and with animalistic behaviors, just find them goes on to. It's just unclean things, right? But then... Also, this village is struggling with taking this problem that they had and tying it to a rock at the top of a hill. So many times in our life, I mean, think about it, man. There's so many things that could happen to us. Maybe it's the way that you uh, perceive yourself when you look in a mirror. Maybe you don't believe the kind of things that God says about your worth and your beauty and your value. Maybe um, you've been bullied when you were a kid, or maybe you're continuing to be bullied now where you are. Uh, maybe your parents said things about you that you haven't let go of. Maybe there's just things that have occurred to you. Maybe, maybe it is alcohol. Maybe it is drugs. Maybe it is sexual sin. Who knows what it is, but it's this problem that you have all wrapped up in your psychology, all up here in your psyche, right? And here's what you do. When you are, some, when you are somebody where you're like, I, I just don't know what to do with this. I know that I don't want it anymore, but I don't know what to do with it. And so what you do in your mind is you take that problem and you tie it to a rock at the top of the hill and it's still there, but you feel like you've banished it for a little while, right? Are you following me so far? Now here, here's the problem with that. It's just like in this village, that demon-possessed man every, now, every once and again would rear his ugly head, detach himself from the rock, and come screaming down the hill and just wreak havoc on the village once again, right? See, how true of that is of the things that we don't let go of, man. When we lash out in anger, when we lash out with these massive emotional responses, when we lash out in breaking up our families or breaking up friendships or breaking up relationships that we have or giving up on God or giving up on all of these different things, like because all of these problems that we've tied to a hill that were suppressed in your psychology for a while have now come screaming down the mountain and just created violence in all of who you are, Right? Now, here's the deal, and this is what I, I, I desperately need you to grasp onto right now. There was something massively different about what happened when Jesus showed up. There was something massively different about what happened when the presence of God entered this village. Now, recognize the moment that he hit the shore, guess what came screaming down the hill? 
the problem, right? The problem was unearthed. It came back up again, and it came screaming down the hill. But this time, it was different. Whereas before, it would come down and cause terror, and it would just bash into people and cut things and blah, and just create a, a trail of blood, right? This time, that problem, that demon-possessed man came screaming down the mountain and fell at the, on his knees at the feet of Jesus Christ and begged for its life. Because here's the thing, that problem, that demon-possessed man, that thing that was trying to bring iniquity and sin into people, that thing knew in that moment it's already been defeated. It knew in that moment that there was nothing it could do that could stand up against what just stepped on shore right then and there. Here's what, here's what you need to understand, man. I, I'm telling you right now, if you have those things tied to a rock or somewhere up here in your psyche, right, those hurts from the past or thoughts that you may think about yourself or about other people or addiction or anything like that, when you tie yourself to those things, it's, you, you can never live a fulfilling life because just like this village could always live in fear that this thing was gonna come screaming down the mountain again, you're gonna live in fear that all of a sudden you're gonna fall right back into your sexual sin. You're gonna live in fear that if I take one sip of alcohol, it's over. You're going to live in fear that if I start a relationship with a boy or a girl, they're going to break my heart and, I, and, I'm, and it's over for me and I'm not going to be able to recover. We convince ourselves of these things because there are problems rushing down the hill causing terror. But ugh, listen, I'm telling you, the moment that you get in the presence of God, the moment that you get with a community of people who have experienced the love of Jesus Christ, uh, you will find fulfillment in a way that you've never found it before. You will find wholeness in a way that you've never found it before. Because here's the difference. The difference is, is that when that problem comes running down the hill and falls to its knees, it knows it's been defeated. Guess what? Jesus doesn't get it, give it a get out of jail free card. He's like, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Those things, he says, you are out of here. You are gone. Oh, yeah. And not only that. Oh, it gets so much deeper, Pastor Keith. Oh, watch this. Because think about this. I told you the two things about the village that were kind of messed up, the demon-possessed man and the pigs. So what was the transfer method in which he got rid of those demons? The very thing that was unclean in the first place. Here's what you understand. Jesus is going to heal what he uncovers. You know, I find this quite a bit, that a lot of people are very, very scared to go to church. We'll call it get in the presence of God, but, but there are people who are scared to go to church because they know that it's gonna unearth something on the inside of them, that something's gonna come screaming down the hill, right? And it will, and that's what I'm hearing. Like, guess what? That's normal because Jesus will unearth it. Jesus will pull it up, but the difference is he's gonna heal what he uncovers. And not only that, but the moment that that happens, man, you know, you think that Jesus' healing runs deep. Well, guess what? Jesus' healing or Jesus' love runs even deeper. And by that, I mean he's not interested in just giving you a temporary fix. He's not interested in just getting rid of that thing at the top of the mountain. No, man, you know what? He's, he's interested in bringing you fulfillment. He's interested in bringing you wholeness. He's interested in getting to a place where like, no, I'm gonna banish you of that, yeah, but I'm gonna help rid you of all of this uncleanness, this stuff that's holding you back from fulfillment and wholeness and all of those things in your life. I'm gonna push it all over a cliff and we're gonna be done with it. Check this out. 
Bible says in Colossians 2.9, for in Christ lives the, all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. You have to understand, the only way you're gonna pull these things out of your psyche, the only way that you're gonna be able to find fulfillment and wholeness in your life is when you are in the presence of God like you are right now and you come running at God and you fall on your knees and you say, God, I'm over what's killing me. I'm over that thing that I'm scared of that's living down the street in my mind. I'm over all of these unclean things that I've been a part of. God, I'm ready. And guess what? This is the place where healing occurs. This is the place where love runs so deep that you won't even know what to do, yourself, do with yourself when you get out of here. This is the place where Jesus is ready and willing and able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. This is the place, and check this out. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, for I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, heal declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. Because they've called you an outcast. I will heal your wounds. Sub 30, do you know, do you know that your ugliest wounds, your ugliest wounds, can be the most triumphant points of your fulfillment. They can be the sign of just the love of God running so deep that it absolutely changed your life. Because it used to be that when that problem would come steaming down the mountain, man, you would think thoughts of suicide. And you would think thoughts of just breaking up with a girlfriend for no reason because you didn't feel like you were good enough. Maybe you run, and when you look in a mirror, it would come screaming down and tell you that you're ugly and that you're worth nothing and that you have no value. Or it would come screaming down the mountain and tell you that those bullies who talked about you when you were a kid, right, or maybe some of them who still exist today, that they were all right and you'll never live up to anything. Maybe all of these things come screaming down the mountain, but I'm here to tell you that those wounds that people have put on you, those wounds that maybe you put on yourself, those wounds that may have come up all throughout your child, because you're a human being, it happens, but those wounds can either be open and gaping for the world to see, or they can be healed in the name of Jesus Christ and the deepest level you've ever experienced. And man, the biggest, biggest part is that at the end of this story, it says that that demon-possessed man asked to go with Jesus, right? And what did Jesus say? He said, no, man, I need you to hang out here. I need you to hang out here. And it wasn't Jesus being mean. You know what it was? It was Jesus being a genius because that dude is a genius. The worship team, come back. I should have called you a long time ago. Anyway, um, but that dude is a genius, right? And here's how I know it. He had this guy stay behind because he knew that this village, it was gonna be a process, he knew that it was gonna be hard. Man, that's, healing is a process. Sometimes healing can happen overnight. Sometimes it takes a while. That's why even at these Q&As we've been having, if you need counseling, go for counseling. If you need pastoral care, put it online. If you need to talk to a friend, go talk to a friend. If you need to talk to somebody at Sub 30, come talk to somebody at Sub 30 because you need to do it. It's a process. But this man, or Jesus knew that this village needed to see this man. Why? Because this man, this problem, this wound that used to rock around hurting things is now walking around bringing fulfillment and wholeness in the name of Jesus to people. I'm here to tell you that people are watching. And man, the moment that you experience God and now you're ready to rid yourself of those things from your psychology and truly step into what God has for you, I'm telling you, not only will it affect your life, but it'll affect everybody who's looking at you because you will be a walking sermon of how deep the love of God runs inside of his children. So here's what we're gonna do. I, I want everybody to stand up to your feet. Everybody stand up to your feet. 
I mean, this is what this is what I want to do. This is just one of those moments where, yeah, listen, here's the deal. As I was talking to you, something probably welled up within you. Maybe something somebody said about you or some sort of sexual sin or something that you fear, whatever it may be, something has welled up inside you. You know what that's called? That's called the Holy Spirit talking to you. Want to know what the Holy Spirit sounds like? It's talking to you right now, okay? And there is no instance in time where people are ever gonna point at you and laugh at you for pursuing freedom and pursuing fulfillment in a God whose love runs deeper than anything that this planet has to offer. That no unclean pig, that no unclean anything of the world can ever offer you like Jesus can. Nobody's ever gonna point that stuff. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna extend this opportunity right now the same way that that man, that problem came screaming down the mountain and fell at the feet of Jesus and begged for its life and begged for fulfillment and begged for wholeness and begged to just live. We're gonna have that opportunity right now. And so I'm gonna count to three. And if maybe the Holy Spirit's working in your life and you wanna say, Petey, I'm, I'm just ready. I'm ready to let go of this thing. I've tied to a, I've tied it to a, a, a rock at the top of a hill and I'm ready to let it go. I want to be gone. I want to experience wholeness. I want to experience fulfillment. I want to f- experience Christ right here and right now. If that's you and you're ready to rid yourself of those unclean things and you're ready to grasp onto everything that God has for you and stop fearing and stop hurting and stop living in shame and stop living in condemnation, I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to run at this joker. We ain't got much time, so you have to run. I'm just kidding. But I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to come here. Nobody, it's, it's okay. There's nothing, there is nothing shameful about running towards healing. Ready? One, two, three. It's awesome, man. They keep coming. Come on, make some more noise for them. Yeah. Love you guys. So listen, everybody who's standing here, maybe you're, maybe you're back there and, 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 and maybe it just it didn't well up and maybe you just didn't feel like you're gonna come or maybe you, you feel like right now you should have come but you didn't listen to what I'm about to say. But I'm gonna talk to you guys. Listen, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that the way that you maybe lay in bed at night and think about yourself or maybe what you see when you look in a mirror or maybe what other people say about you or maybe the kinds of hurts that, that just take, listen, that is not what God has for you. You know what God has for you? God has for, God has for you to lay in bed and cannot wait to wake up the next day because joy comes in the morning and you are excited to see what he's gonna do on planet earth the next day. That's what God has for you. God has wholeness and fulfillment written on his hand for you here tonight. And your boldness and your courage to come running up here, ready to take care of this and embrace Jesus. I'm telling you, your lives will never, ever, ever be the same. So I'm gonna pray for y'all. I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna go right back into worship, man. And in this moment, just fall at the feet, at the, of, of, at the feet of Jesus and just say, God, I beg of you. And you'll start to find that you don't need to beg very hard because his healing runs deep and he's gonna heal what he uncovers right here and right now. God, we love you. And Jesus, we are just so grateful for your presence here tonight. God, I just pray right now for everybody standing here. God, everybody under the sound of my voice, God, that you do a work in them that only you can do. 
God, that you pull from them the things that may be bringing shame, the things that may be pulling hurt, the things that may be creating condemnation in them. And God, that you fill those voids with fulfillment, with wholeness, God, that you bestow your love inside of them in a way that you never have before. God, that you rewire their physiology, that you rewire their brains right here and right now to know that you are God. God, and that you are gonna do amazing things in their future and that you're gonna change their life forever. God, I just love you so much and thank you in advance for what you're gonna do, God, amen.